Shunaya Tobago Computer Society Podcast number 8, Saturday, January 21st, 2006. Podcast for 2006 with me, uh, Peter, Colin. Yes, good afternoon. <laughs> Colin, mm-hmm. Anil, Richard, Hi. and Mike. Hi there. Okay, well, let's. Well, actually, first thing, let's start off with something that was kind of irritating me for, for some time now. Uh, for those visitors who visit the Trinidad Guardian's website, they have a very annoying tendency for some to have uh, pop unders that even, you know, even put IE6 and Firefox. Well, I don't know much about IE6. <laughs> you were getting pop unders as soon as you clicked on, you know, the subsections like news, business, and so on. Okay, now, now from most people who, who may not have noticed that a pop under is, is basically another web page that opens up and immediately runs behind the web page that you're currently run, you're currently viewing. Correct. So in some cases, you may not even notice it until you close off the web page that you were viewing in front. Yeah. And the, the really bad thing about it is also that you know the pop-up news was, is a you know they, it's a they spook they, they spoof you know those dialogue boxes so the less educated user may actually think it's a genuine Windows error box or error message and click on it thereby installing spyware onto their systems. Um, now the interesting thing is that the Guardian in their never-ending quest for increasing revenue from the Guardian website seems to be running these things, whether it's a Vega program or whether it's by the collision management, we actually don't know. Well, well, to be fair, Richard, I don't think we can say that the Guardian is running these things. It's clearly some sort of franchise advertising, syndicated advertising. And I would suspect that the Guardian itself is completely unaware of the content. So the bigger question is, since we know that many of these things are clearly malicious in nature, should websites that are hosting the syndicated content have some responsibility to be aware of what it is? Well, and, and therefore, what we're doing is, is making people aware of it. But, you know, who, who's to blame? The, the well, website where you find it or the, the well, content syndicator? In certain cases of the syndication, I know in Google syndication you can specify what types of ads you want on your site and you can build an exclusion that tells you I don't want these types of advertising on my site mm-hmm. I think that should be pretty much in common with all of the more decent syndicators because I think Google Ads actually makes a lot of money um, but it's not this is not a Google this Google is Google, this, 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 the one the pop under we're talking about is not definitely not a Google Ad it's one of the more um, silly kind of types of spyware things where you which you tend to find well, on dubious websites. Well they advertise things like smileys and um, system security checks. Yeah. So so it's, Warning, it's stuff that, that, an inexper- that an inexperienced user may think is is a system message Correct. and will click on it. I'll, I'll, I'll put the emphasis the blame message on on the website. Because the way the the Guardian does it, it's obviously it's a little bit of programming there because uh, what happened? It's probably a bit of JavaScripting that falls. I don't think it's JavaScript. No, it's a, no, it's a silver. No, it's, it's, I think it's actual code on the server. It's on the on the server itself. That um, as soon as you click it, it sets a cookie and then transmits it and then sends the pop under, and, and then of course delivers the subsection of the page. It's I not a traditional pop up, so to speak. Okay. 
Now, are you saying that, the, that this code resides on the Guardian's website? Yes, I'm saying okay. the Guardian quotes it, quotes, quotes it so that it appears. Right. Now, the Guardian is choosing which Guardian pages it wants the ads to appear okay. on. It doesn't say the But that doesn't mean the Guardian has chosen the content. And in the early days of the Guardian pop-up advertising, it clearly was commercial advertising that was going there. Correct. Now the content has changed, and I hate to think that the Guardian chose that as content. Okay. But, I mean, clearly what we're trying to do is just make people aware of it, that when they go to www.guardian.co.tt and they see these messages saying, your computer may be infected, don't uh, there click. is a way to <laughs> don't yes. click on them. <laughs> and there is a way to stop it happening. Yes, it's quite easy. And it's, a, it's a simple way, actually. Uh, what, what you have to do is, is block the cookies from the guardians.co.tt. Uh, uh, so, well, in Firefox, which, which is my main browser, uh, you, you just go to Tools, Options, uh, and the Privacy, uh, and then you go to the Cookies section, and you just click on uh, and where is where is where is where is normally checked off? Allow cookies from, and then you click on exceptions, and then in the exceptions you put guardian.co.tt and you and you specify block. And once you do that, you know OK everything, and that's it. You, well, you'll have to type in the address of the website, won't you? Guardian.co.tt. But and it, we'll put that in the show notes because I was posted up on our mailing list, so we can, we'll put that in the show notes. Uh, we we should. Do some research and find out how to do it in IE. Because yeah, does anybody here use IE6? I'm sure IE6, I'm sure you can block cookies. Yeah, you can't block cookies in IE6. Uh, you know, exp- and I don't know if you can do it on a site-specific basis. You should be able to. But you should all, be able all, to. All reasonable. And I'm sure Opera could also do it. Opera well. does it, I'm pretty sure. Well, I suppose it's okay, it's we could expand yeah, it. Somebody should look at it. All right, <laughs> we, we, could, we could expand on it. And actually, we could write up something on it. No, be- before we move on from that, sure. I, I'd just like to point out one of my pet peeves about the media reporting of websites, yes. which isn't really related to what we're talking about, but sure. since we're talking about The Guardian, <laughs> all, all our media seem to yeah. suffer from the same problem. We talk about the website launch, not mentioning the website. Exactly. Yeah. You know, for instance, The Express had a long story about the new Soka Warriors website, and it was... Forgive me, I don't speak newspaper speak well, but it was like six columns of text across the page. <laughs> so that struck me as a lot of writing. And it was all about who was there and what it would do and how important it was. And nowhere in the story was www.sokawarriorstt.com. <laughs> and it happens over and over and yeah. over. Somebody calls the media in for a big launch. And, and the story the comes out. And they never put the link on the website. So, so it's please, the same, it's, the same thing the government, it's the same thing they do with the government websites. It's the same thing they do with the non-profit websites. I mean, that, that should actually website. be the first rule. If you're talking about a website, put the URL. If you're nothing else. <laughs> the question is, is, is anyone in the media actually downloading our podcast and listening? You don't know. Okay. It works. If, yeah, yeah, if yeah. you're a media practitioner and you're listening to this, please let us know. Okay, well, the link on the TTCS that they've put up on the TTCS thing that will be in the show notes does work. Yeah. So yeah. you just tested it out on the website. We're getting no pop on those. And the fact that you can't get cookies on the Guardian website shouldn't be a huge loss unless you frequent the forums. 
which is again it, is it for on the same server? No, it's not. No, I don't think so. Then that's, then that's not really a problem. Yeah, click on, click on, the, on the forums. Yeah, see, so it's moved to. Oh, yeah, they moved it. Yeah, yeah so yeah. it's not even really a problem for the forums. Yeah, so no problem there. Well, oh, yes, well, um, oh, yes, it's been happening all of 2005, and finally, on the last day of 2005, on momentous occasion, all the three concessionaires, Lactel, Digicel, and some a company called TSTT, signed concessions for more providing mobile telecom service. And uh, how did it make a difference to the man in the street? Yeah, well, <laughs> where's, where's, my, where's my competition? Hey, look, well, let, let's put it this way. The smart ones know that they're not going to buy a phone right away. Okay, well, there's actually been one impact. There's a buy in Curep that used to operate next to the taxi stand has closed, and I think they just sell is putting a shop there. <laughs> so that's one they also, They're also apparently opening a store up at Movie Town. That's right. They just have partnered with t- to open up several retail outlets. I mean, uh, it's, it's actually a nice location I got in Kerap, but it's right next to the taxi stand, it's right next to the bus route. It's a huge, tra- right in the middle of the transportation link because you get all the people going central and south. So the place to put a... a how come our current telecom provider didn't think of using that um, same location? They didn't think about buying the bar. Oh. <laughs> Actually, they, they have a big mobile branch like about two blocks down the road by the Maxi stand. So. Well, right, okay. who's going to walk the two blocks? Well, we see an People activity see from... <laughs> yeah, well, we see an activity from TSCT and we see an activity from Digicel. We're not seeing anything from Lactel. Well, you see, Lactel's playing it cagey, but like, like, I, like I said in the last couple of podcasts, Lactel has... A slightly different dog in the front than do TSDT and Digicel. Because in, in the world, Lactel may in fact do a lot more stuff up the islands that will bring in money as compared to probably TSDT or Digicel. And they'll get a lot of more revenue from things like data up but the islands. Do we know if, are, if they actually are going to be opening up stuff in the other countries? Lactel? Barbados at least. Barbados, maybe St. Lucia, maybe in America. They probably they've actually bought. Sun Beach and Barbados, Sun Beach Communications. I think that sale has more or less gone through. Yep, it has. So they've got that. They've got a thing. Sun Beach has a decent ISP. I've used this service. It's actually the fastest that I've ever got anywhere. Because I get like 52k with them, 51k, which is like the maximum. Well, maximum. I was selling like shopping. Like, nah, this can't be. I was very happy to use it. Um, it's pretty reliable. Um, like I said, because it's Barbados, you know, you have this wonderful thing where you don't have, you don't pay for local calls, you just pay like a flat fee and it includes all the local calls, so it didn't really matter that I wasn't with cable and wireless internet. But what, and what's nice about, what's nice about them too is that they actually offer a lot of services that you don't get out here, you can buy internet time in blocks, you can like buy a box of so they, five hours. There used to be a, a certain provider that used to do that. Yeah, but, <laughs> yeah, I know, I remember that. I mean, I know Opposite used to offer the 15 hour tourist block of time. Okay, it was actually 30 hours. 30 hours. Just out of curiosity, what was the cost of that? Uh, $115. $115 in, for 30 hours. Including a plan. Including that, 30 hours. Right, okay. Well, like hours. in this case, I, I can What's nice about it, you can get like 15 hour blocks, 30 hour blocks, 60 hour blocks, one month. You can actually get a one month block of only one thing. Yeah, which wasn't much more than the 60 hour block. Um, and one, one other actually innovation I actually saw was internet time cards. You know, like how you would have phone cards that would be hours of time? Mm-hmm. There was some sort of actually selling internet time cards that would give you like 15 hours of internet time. Ridiculously expensive, but the option was there. I see Lactel advertising the EDO, oh gosh, EVO, promoting how fast you know data rates are with CDMA. 
but uh, but they were, they, were, uh, they were promoting two things. They were promoting that you know calls are going to be clear on the CDMA network, and uh, that you know they're going to get much faster data transfer rates for internet access via presumably your Lactel phone. Unfortunately, all of the things have all been signed. You know, as Peter says, there hasn't really been any change. I mean, the big stumbling block is still interconnection. Well, we don't know that's the stumbling block. Because well, nobody, depends, no, yeah. nobody other than the signatories has even seen these documents. We, we, that's right. The public has no idea what these concessions make available or require of these companies. So all we're seeing now is a flurry of advertising from potential competitors trying to tell consumers, hold off and wait until we arrive. Don't give your money to TSTT, That's which is to be expected. That's but, advice the but, advice but advice it, of course, TSTT is doing its best to sew up all the customers it can get. Of course. But again, you know, we've been talking about this infrastructure issue for now the last two years in the current round. Mm -hmm. And frankly, nothing more has happened than happened two years ago. So as much as they can talk about what they could do and what they will do and what they hope to do, the reality still is nobody has a competing service available. And until you see a printed tariff structure from the competition, then it's all still just talk, which is what we've had for two years. And two years is, is an important figure because Jamaica has had Digicel for two years. And two years on, the reports I get from people who work in Jamaica is people are still walking around with two phones on their belts. Well, one for Digicel network and one for cable and wireless network because the interconnect issues are still there in terms of reliability of being able to get from one network to the other, in terms of cost of paying to call one network from another. And I think this whole taps lack of, of public education has left a lot of people thinking that interconnection means the, the physical method of moving a call from a TSTT phone to a Digicel phone. I think a lot of people in the public domain are unaware that interconnection is actually a billing issue. How much money you will have to pay extra to call a TSTT phone from your Digicel phone. And people are unaware of that part of it. They really think interconnection is just the physical. It's a technical yeah. problem. Yeah. They don't understand it's going to mean send more money. Yeah. Yeah, ultimately that's what the main issue is, and it's not really a technical issue. Of course not. Yeah. Well, it hardly ever has been. I mean, just look at the entire, the, the whole fiasco. It, it, technology certainly wasn't a problem in most cases. Yeah. And I think it's now basically, it's some, it's. What, what is it? The equipment is going to be coming here very soon. But then again, as I said, we've been hearing this talk for the past oh, really, really four long. months. <laughs> yeah. Really, really long. Let's put it that way. Yeah, March, April. I think it's the, now the the latest word. <laughs> but it, but again, it, it, it's a, it, again, it's interesting how this, you're right, Peter. Because I mean, it, it was reported in the papers that apparently the, con the concessions were all the exactly the same for all three, and it was like agreed upon at the. I mean, it had to be agreed upon literally at the last minute, you know, December thirty first, back and forth and thing. And then again, I don't I don't understand why this this kind of drama it had to be done at the last minute. If you think about it on on a basic question of contract negotiation. How could these companies, who obviously smell an awful lot of money, which is why they're prepared to jump through these hoops, how could these companies go in to bid for 
a license to operate a phone service without any idea of what the concession document is going to say. You know, it's just basic contract law. Before you sign, before you send money, you read the fine print. The fine print was not available until, what, eight months after they coughed up the money? Yeah. It, it just makes no sense. I mean, I, I put a lot of blame on, on the way that Tata's handled it. The big, other big issue is this thing with cell phone towers. Uh, again, an example, another example here. Uh, you know, there's been, a part of, there's been a quite a few cell phone towers being built up all around Port well, at least in Port of Spain, yeah, I'm, I'm, I haven't traveled for a well, photo. The villain, all towers <laughs> popping up everywhere. People right. back, yeah, all kind of thing. I don't know. Yeah, so, and, you know, some, and now, and now uh, I think just this week, uh, TAT has now released guidelines for how mobile telecom providers can install cell phone towers. Now, after yeah, all after, these, are, these yeah. are installed. But what does that have to do with TAT? Surely that is a, a planning department issue. You can't just erect a tower without planning permission. Well, apparently, according to, according to the, the documents on TAT's website, the, the Toronto country is saying, basically, well, look, we can't handle it. Uh, you know, we can't evaluate the technical aspects of it and so on. So the, the, what the recommendations generally is saying is, basically, you've got to go to TAT first, get the application from them, and then from that, ton, go, go through town or country. Yeah, but how did all these, these, these towers get built then? Because, I, mean, I think it was like, five, well, literally private agreements, but... You know, yes, but were they legal? Good question. Um, That's all that matters. All of these things are irrelevant issues. If you are building a tower in the country, you have to have planning permission. It has nothing to do with what its purpose is. Mm -hmm. And if planning says, we don't understand the technology, then planning has an obligation to go and find expert advice. Sure, they can go and talk to TAT if they think TAT can give them expert advice. But to tell me that I, for planning permission, must go and talk to TAT first, surely is overstepping the boundaries of TAT's responsibility. Also, I think the document also specifies that the, the, telep the mobile providers have to put, put a notice in the papers announcing the intention to build, of building the tower. Excellent. That, that's what should have always happened. There should right. always be an opportunity for, for the annual to complain that somebody's <laughs> put a 250-foot tower right next to his pepper sauce factory. <laughs> that's right. So... <laughs> No, but I mean, if all these things come out now, how did they handle it before? I mean, what, they all of a sudden realize, wait, we don't know what's going on? I mean, what, all these towers popping up everywhere, and nobody noticed that? I know. Welcome to Trinidad. Okay. <laughs> I've been away too long. <laughs> you, you've been away for a while, have you, Anna? Two, two weeks. Two weeks. Two weeks. <laughs> well, where have you been, Anna? Tell us. I've been to Las Vegas. Oh, yes. Yeah, but what happened stays there. <laughs> but, but, but if all our listeners promise not to tell anyone, yeah. oh, no, can you tell us no, what no, went on? I, I should tell to say something about that, but yeah, okay. Uh, well, we'll get to that later. Yeah, right. No. Um, so, so, uh, another issue regarding telecoms uh, was that uh, TSTT, as was reported that TSTT has applied to the Telecom Authority for a rate hike or what they call rate rebalancing, I think is the term they use, uh, for fixed landlines. They want to increase the, the cost of, of the for fixed fixed line phone rates. Why is that? Why? Um, well, I think it's just, well, mind you, yeah, one thing about uh, TSTT, sorry, it's consistent. It's, they've been always saying, remember, international mobile has always been 
subsidizing the fixed fixed line network. It's a loss leader kind of thing. International calls. Yeah, international calls, sorry. And mobile phone service was always subsidizing the fixed landline business. Show us the proof. Not Uh, said. (laughs) Yeah. Where's the spreadsheet? (laughs) Where's the figures to back that up? No no figures to exist that exist. Of course there are no figures. They're not published anywhere. Who actually have been very forthcoming with their data. I don't recall Tat actually ever putting up anything quite yesterday regarding revenues, regarding costs, regarding expenses, regarding breakdown between cellular data and internet services. Nothing. And I mean, the thing was Tat was... was And for the head of Tat to just dismiss the application without showing us any figures or rationale, I mean, I can understand the man being vexed with TSTT. I am vexed with TSTT every day, you know. But you can't operate like that. I mean, you're supposed to be, there's supposed to be some written rationale. There's supposed to be some reasoning behind it. I think, well, I think uh, the, the, the chat chairman basically said, well, show us evidence of this. But obviously, I think one, one, one consequence of, of course, raising the fixed line rates will obviously be the interconnection rates to the fixed line will also, would also go up. Just independent ISPs, I think, would also be other Independent ISPs are the business for They haven't yeah. succeeded yet, but they'll, continue, they'll keep trying because, again, corporations sold. There is a direct conflict between government and its role as corporations sold and government in its role as supposed guardian of the public interest. I, I think it's, it's clear that the independent ISP, that the effect on the independent ISPs is really just a byproduct of the, the smart choice package. I think it's very clear that the purpose of smart choice was in effect to create rate rebalancing without getting permission from the regulator. Since the regulator made it very clear and politically the government is unlikely to agree to an increase in local phone rates. Smart Choice does that for TSTT by raising the average amount of money paid per customer on a monthly basis. Unfortunately, the the structure of Smart Choice, and TSTT may well see it as a bonus, meant that they could not allow the ISPs to continue uh, providing dial-up internet service on a voice call basis. Because Smart Choice would then fail. Tat has said nothing really against Smart Choice. Tat has done absolutely nothing. I mean, one would think approval had to be sought somehow, you know? Apparently, well, I I can tell you what did happen. TSTT wrote to Tat telling them of their intention to introduce Smart Choice. Tat told TSTT, go ahead as long as it does not increase telephone rates for anyone. The ISPs complained to Tat about Smart Choice when it was realized that it clearly raised the cost of internet service for customers. Because, well, that's a elaborate. The reason why it raised the cost was because um, calls to independent ISPs were not covered under Smart Choice. Correct. So you are now paying a per minute rate to connect to your to your ISP. Right. Un, un, unlike the normal structure of you simply pay the cost of the call as if it was a voice call. Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, the technology is the same. Um, TSTT and the ISPs met and TSTT's response was to offer the ISPs a package where they would be able to buy telephone time in advance, uh, which they could then bill their customers for. 
frankly, I, I think it was a really good joke on TSTT's part. Now, they seemed to think that they were serious about it, but essentially all it said was, we're not going to, to back down on this at all. Um, it went back to TAT, and TAT has said, well, yes, we'll look at, into it, and up to today, they've done absolutely nothing about it. And it doesn't appear that they're particularly interested. Uh, well, in a somewhat related matter, um, with another pub, uh, uh, public utility, Tech uh, has applied for a rate change. That falls under the Regulated Industries Commission, RIC. And to me, the, what they've done is what TAT should be doing, is that they've been publicly uh, disclosing TS, I'm sorry, Tech's original application. They put it up on the website, and they've gone through very, I have to say, fairly methodically. They've, they've released our documentation, so okay, here's how we're going to approach this. And they've been now releasing it. And this week, they've released now the, the draft recommendation for TNTEC's uh, draft rate review. Uh, but if you go to the, to the RIC's website, you know, it's all step by step. They even list the, you know, comments from members of the public who have already commented on it, you know, which is also, to me, this is what TAT should be doing. When it comes to TAT, you, from the website alone, you only hear the announcements. You don't really hear all... All the controversies are just basically plays out in the newspapers. It's not publicly disclosed. And, you know, it's, it's a, basically it now comes down to, well, TSTT said this, DigiCellTech said this. Uh, that says something else. That could actually learn how to run a regulatory industry from the RIC, who've actually documented every single thing they've done. In fact, TSTT can learn how to share information from TNTech, who's actually, they've actually been very forthcoming for utility, and this is pretty much a little bit trend that they've actually been putting their data up there, put their plans, their business plans, they put treatment of a control of cost, sharing the benefits of efficiency gains, incentive mechanism, benchmarking, that type of thing. And it's been pretty open. Tat, well, I mean, not tat, the RIC have been going throughout Rimland and Tobago, holding, well, not cottage meetings, but holding meetings where they do presentations on their proposed, they propose rate adjustments, they hand out copies of their reports, they solicit feedback from the public, they've been, and they've now come with a recommendation which they've given people a month to make comments on. And when one looks at the website, you can actually see that they've gotten some feedback from Metal Steel. Metal Steel is the largest user of electricity in the country, so, and they're also the biggest industrial user by far, so they're obviously going to have a huge stake in what electricity rates are like. Um, they've gotten feedback from, I think, it's either the TTME or the... It's all on one page, no? which it's is all also... On one page, actually. Which is all very good. Yeah, it's EEC, Employees Consultative Association. That's a group of, a group of employers. They're going to have some interest in what industrial rates are going to look like, and we've got no politician, and they're actually giving his opinion. It's And given that this came out earlier this week, this speed at which they've gotten it up on the web is good. I suppose the only real downside, of course, actually is it has quite a lot of information uh, to be. Yeah, I mean, the, the draft recommendation from the RIC is something like 396 pages uh, long. How long do you have to respond to this? A week? Yeah, a month. Oh, yeah, a month. A month. Uh, the so, month it's ongoing. Yeah. But and like I think said, the nice thing is that they at least give you the information so you can go through it and make a reasoned decision. And most of the things that they give you may not necessarily be relevant to your case. But somewhere in there, there's going to be a document that is relevant to you. You can look at it, go to it, follow the section you want, make your contribution. And like I said, the nice thing about it, nothing's decided yet. You can still go in and 
Actually, it was probably one other technical thing I was... What about their PDFs, though? The PDFs don't allow copying. You know, you can't cut and paste the, the text from the PDF. Not even with... Um, it is, it's not allowed. And it's also been done in Acrobat 7. Well, I mean, it'll open up in 5 and 6. It'll just have a little warning saying, hey, warning, you know, yeah. this is... We created by a version, more advanced so version. So they're encrypted? You've got your RM on them? It's, well, it, but they're not printing. But you can't copy the text out of it. At least the, the, the main one, the main big... Uh, oh, no, to me, to you, me, can, you can download it and check it yourselves. So but, to me, uh, the old ones, you could have done that, actually. Maybe the comments were okay, but they're draft in, in the new documents. Well, is that like a conscious thing, or did just somebody... I, just I, think, it's, I think it's a mistake. And, uh, I mean, I'm sure it's, if you just email them. Yeah. Because I know with the old ones, you could have actually, at least with some of the original documents, I recall being able to cut and paste mm -hmm. things from them through each without having to type it over. So yeah. But that, that, that was the thing. But with the final one, maybe, maybe, that, maybe that's a mistake. Yeah. I'll give them, I'll, I'm willing to give them the benefit of the doubt on that. Yeah, at least they'll release some PDFs. I see people put up weird files on that type yeah. of thing. <laughs> yeah, I don't okay, understand can we, that. Can we find, find out who, who wrote the word files and on what computer? And, and, uh, and you can see all the drafts and your So the moral of the story is if you're going to put up any information about your company, don't put up a word file. Especially none where you've put in things like changes, track changes. That's evil. <laughs> so if you're going to do something like that, you can download openoffice.org and... Yeah. Which also does track changes, but... But you can save it as, an, as a, you can save it as a PDF, PDF file. Yeah. Well, the smart thing to do is put a PDF file up. Because, I mean, that's the only way to guarantee everybody will see it. Yeah. Pretty much. I mean, unless it's plain I mean, text. PDF is uh, plain text can be. Uh, if you don't want people to amend it, PDF may actually be the best way to do it now, even though the format isn't completely open. But we digress. DSL crashed yesterday. It went down probably sometime yesterday afternoon around 8 o'clock. I passed in the internet cafe, which was suspiciously empty. I looked around, the girl looked at me and said, TSDT has been down since this afternoon. Yeah, well, uh, it was. The up was up. Around half four, something like that, I noticed it was it, it, it uh, went down. It so. went down totally, and they had no idea when it would be back up. But it is back up, uh, well, since Saturday morning, at least. Uh, Strangely enough, when I went home, dial-up was off, but when I connected it back, it started to work. So. What was it like in Grandy? Where there it went down. It, well, it, it went down. Everywhere. It went down. It was nationwide. It was nationwide. Because nationwide. It went down in point. This was probably around two, one, two. Okay. Actually, it was over half two. It went down because I spent an hour trying to. So let's see. We've had um, TSTD GSM failure in, in July. Was it July of last year? Uh, yeah, yes. Frankie um, and Emily. Yes, right. <laughs> um, and now we've had DS. Well, we've had one of many DSL crashes, but this one affected the entire country. Yeah, but apparently this wasn't their fault, or so they say. No, it's not according to the news. No, of course it's not their fault. <laughs> now, while it's um, very enjoyable to talk about TSTT having difficulty, I mean, you know, we, we can't give people yeah. listening to this the wrong impression. Yeah. There are, of course, alternate internet providers. Mm -hmm. yes. TSTT going down doesn't mean that you know, Trinidad was off the internet. For, for as, most as had happened some, some years ago when TSTT was the sole internet gateway in the country. Mm. True. No, I mean, this is the, first, the first time... Cyberline was up. Uh, yes. you know, I'm sure WoW and the other independent ISP had to use satellite, Reeve, you know, all of, those, all of those were up. One thing that did affect it was that I was using, I was paying close attention to using the DSL because simply because we were doing providing a BitTorrent link. Yeah. And I guess that leads up to our next topic of the Oswin CD. Uh, the, open, the open source uh, software 
for uh, Windows CD. compilation for for Windows. Uh, we've made it available online, and uh, if you go to our web, website at ttcsweb.org, you'll see a link there to the Osmond CD page, and you can now download it via BitTorrent, as well as a few direct download mirrors. And if you download, please see it for a while. Yes. We submitted it to dig, but I think we do need more diggers to get that story up. How many digs you got? I think it was a doubt. It's very Yeah. Okay. Because Subway Chronicles, uh, he submitted he a dig. But it was only about 10 digs, I think. It was something yeah. like that. It was a very Yeah, well, dig. when I went, it was six. But that was like after... That was a few minutes after. But I think the thing is, though, I think what one disadvantage could be that you know, in terms of blogging, you know, with RSS feeds and so on, you know, not because not getting on technorati and well, the, the problem, that kind of I stuff. Mean, the problem with the RSS feeds, honestly, they take up bandwidth. When you're on dial up, bandwidth is a priority. Sure. And I, I, I've noticed that as of late, the bandwidth seems scarcer and scarcer, even if you're on dial up. If you're on broadband, RSS feeds cool, no problem. If you're on dialogue, put two RSS feeds in your browser, you can't do anything. So I think that that's one issue. But mind you, I mean, when it, there was an initial preview. We first had basically initially announced it, and, and I just put several down, direct download mirrors on a few websites. And I um, actually got about 20, 20, 20 requests to, da- to download, including one from Tasmania. And, uh, yeah, because your students are very serious about the open source. <laughs> and one from Italy. And, and one, you, you're going to get one from India, too. Um, USA not so much, but what you were saying from Italy. Italy, yeah, because the person's because well, the person you, you said Europe, okay. yeah. yeah. And the person said, yeah, we 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 use open source in our schools. We would like to download link for the CD, please. Oh, well, that's cool. So, I mean, and if if you put this Spanish, you know, button hits from Venezuela. <laughs> so yes, if there's anyone who wants to volunteer, <laughs> free service of translating. If you want to translate the text or and translate the well the apps probably don't need translating but like only open office I think is English specific. Um, yeah. If you wish to do localized versions of the Oswald C D and translate the text, it's creative commons license, shouldn't be a problem. Yeah. Yeah. Just, uh, put, a just, back, just yeah. put a link back to the original site when you're done and we go. Uh, you should actually put that on the site, actually. What? Oh, the true, but uh, nobody has really had mentioned Axe any. Hey, can we modify this yet? So, yeah. well, it's okay. People are still accustomed to the whole kind of copyright issue where they're thinking, okay, well, we shouldn't tamper with it. So it's probably a good thing that you're mentioning in this podcast that if you, if want, you want to, to localize, to localize it, it, go right ahead. Go right ahead. Just and let us know because we'd like to know what your work looks like. Like the link to it. Yeah, and and we'd uh, like to know that other people, in fact, are using it. Yep. And let's see, out of the, I think it's something out of the BitTorrents so far, um, we could, which we can now get statistics. Uh, it's about 14 downloads up as of uh, yesterday. So. Okay. You know, like uh, I said, so we're not starting off on... Yeah, well, uh, we have like uh, at least four cedars. Yeah, three or four cedars. Three or four cedars from Trinidad. Uh, like okay. I said, try in the late night, you should have a fairly yeah. better rate of success because the seeds will be, more seeds will be open then. Yeah. Yeah, most seats will be midnight. Early in the evening, midnight, and probably uh, like 7 a.m. It's a strange thing, though, with uh, TSTT's uh, DSL service. Um, I hope so. Maybe hopefully somebody from TST is not listening and doesn't do anything about it. <laughs> uh, the, the, the download speed, is, which is for, the, well, for residential and for the first business package, is 30 kilobytes a second. However, the upload speeds is something like well, for the, at least for the business one. I don't know. Yeah, well, I, I wasn't getting the same thing. All right, you well, for the business uh, package which we have at work, 
we get 80k up, 80 kilobytes upload speed. Uh, I was I was getting 25, 25 to 25, so. 26. Okay, so, so maybe something a, a benefit of the business package. Yeah? Because it means that for that, that means uh, I could upload I could upload the file in three hours to a direct to a uh, website FTP. Yeah. To, if, you know, I can it'll take me three hours to do so. So it, ironically, it will take me longer to download it than it is to, uh, to upload, upload it. Yeah. If I if I was to download it at 30 kilobytes, it would be about seven, eight hours. Yeah. 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 That's that's it, actually. Okay, let's talk yeah, well, sure. before you get to CES, I'd like to raise another pet rant. Sure. Sure. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Here we go. Yeah. Aside from the people who are calling for the Soka Chutney Paran Warriors, <laughs> um, who advises these people? We have, you know, a new Soka Warriors website, and we're talking about how important it is to, you know, promote the country. And what do they go for as a domain name? SokaWarriorsTT.com Folks, what happened to SokaWarriors.TT? Apparently <laughs> SokaWarriors.TT too expensive. Yeah. No one Excuse me, exactly <laughs> how much money is, is uh, Mr. Warner making off this deal? Yeah, you have to ask Mr. Warner. <laughs> well, I would, but since uh, Mr. Lee Bird has now been banned from attending any press conferences... <laughs> That's another petrance of mine. Yeah? My, my, my thing would be with that. You let him get, well, let me not go there because it's close. <laughs> close. Oh, go so, there. Go. Suffice so, <laughs> so, 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 to say that um, Trinidadians should be very happy to watch it from TV and leave the tickets, the expensive simple tickets with simple. Absolutely. You know, as you know, I have one friend who said to me, let's if you want a group, if you want a group, let fifteen dollars put up, buy a, rent at least a big screen TV or a projector or something. Watch the matches on a big screen somewhere. It's so glorious. Do, do like, do like, what, in the, the, in fact, do like what some people of mine, <laughs> some some I was going home the day of the Bahrain match. Do what some people did in a part did, which was basically they put up some white. They put up basically a big screen on the other side of the road. They, had, they hired a projector for the day and they broadcast the match. They sat on one side the bar, broadcast the match across the eastern main road onto the white screen and had a, and had a ball. Sir, may I remind you of your obligations under the copyright That's right, I was about to say this. Whereby public broadcast of any work owned by FIFA is expressly forbidden. Well, they didn't care. But I think, I think the point is well taken, which is a group of friends can indeed get together, buy themselves a big screen plasma. Yeah. Put it in their house. what people used to do. In put, put, put it in their house, spend the month yeah. watching yeah. football, and let me assure you, beer is going to be a lot cheaper in Port of Spain than it will be in Dortmund. <laughs> and you can import a Jager. <laughs> Right. But has anybody been oh, yeah, actually, I, I have another rant about the Soko Warriors. Okay, go ahead. Actually, um, why, why, why are Flash only sites? Ah, well, I was about to come to that, yeah. As I may actually visit the Soko Warriors website. I, I, I decided I would go to visit. I heard some Maxim, I heard Maximus Nantun playing. Couldn't do anything because the site was Flash only, and there are a lot of places that have Flash disabled, whether it's because of spyware concerns, whether it's because it's a work site, I don't know. Proper work sites don't use flash, which we know how true that is. <laughs> and what place is this? Oh, I know. Most <laughs> re- 
Never mind. Well, <laughs> the problem is a lot of corporate sites have heavy flash components because they like to put their presentations in flash, they like to put their slides social flash. And music. And the end users like it. But my point is, most reasonable websites and most include all inclusive websites you might want to see have a flash version for those people with broadband, have an HTML version for people on dial-up, and yeah. as far as I know, that's still the majority of people in Trinidad and Tobago and in the foreign countries, and they even have a text-only version for people who actually surf the web with well, disability. Yeah. Well, let, let me follow this here, Richard. You're saying that these websites, which when properly designed, offer these multiple layers of access, yeah. uh, uh, you would describe them as all-inclusive. So th- this is like a, a carnival fet website. <laughs> Could be. <laughs> but, but, but we're now seeing a new trend where Bishops is having an all-inclusive fet, but for 400 some dollars you get to come in and fet with the ratty ray. But for 400 and some dollars and some more hundred dollars, you get to go to the special champagne VIP room and, 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 and get drink more. The no, 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 and get more and be able to look down into the fact where the ratty rays. <laughs> so, so I'm a little confused about the concept of inclusive here. No, well, well, but well, I think which one, one is correct? Website or fact? Last year, I, I discovered the concept of the VIP, as opposed to plain VIP. <laughs> Well, we Somebody asked me what was the difference, and I said probably the VIP have body chairs, and the VIP just have the normal plastic chairs and the normal refresh stand up and watch, watch the show. Mm-hmm. To my shock, I was correct. <laughs> <laughs> that was the scary thing I was saying. So, what's the difference? I said, We have plastic chairs, they probably have pads. Most people that was right, and they were close up to the stage. And they could actually get the performance shot on them and stuff. So. Okay. Well, like I said, I'm just waiting for Carnival to officially make the whole circle so it's going to reach a point where the masqueraders hire their own trucks to jump on so they don't have to <laughs> jump on the same streets and the splits. Well, the they may have to do that for next year. Yeah, no, that's my point. It's going to spill yeah. over because they used to do that back in 1895 and stuff yeah. when you know the, the lords and the mistresses of the plantations would go and jump in on the carts and... You know, the, you know the normal slaves and the free colors and whoever will just watch them pass and watch them dance. So let it not be said that we're a bunch of geeks who don't know how to get out and enjoy ourselves. <laughs> indeed, indeed. No, of course not. And for those of you who are downloading this from outside of the country, the reason we said that they we may have to do that next year is because they are going to be tearing down the grandstand yep. shortly after Carnival 2006. So, oh, really? Has yes. it been confirmed or simply put forward as a The Prime Minister has said so. <laughs> the, Prime Minister, the Prime Minister also said many years ago that crime and the drug trade is the biggest problem facing our country, and he intends to acquire fast patrol boats yeah. and attack helicopters and surveillance from the skies. Oddly Which he enough, did. It seems to be the same speech he's kicking around now, and they still haven't got the boats or the helicopters. And while we have a pretty, oh, we have a couple more helicopters. While, while we have a, a pretty foreign-used blimp from Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade, <laughs> it certainly doesn't provide any surveillance from the skies. No, that's well, not, I, so I don't think there's any surveillance. The way the Americans <laughs> use the blimp, they don't walk in the sky and go around Puerto Spain. They put them up there. They put them. Does is this? You put them up there and it's they a turn off the engine. Yeah, so a you, get a, you get a white thing and you put, a, you put a radar on it so you cover a certain amount of postman. Yeah. Which, so is what, which is what they do. I mean, 
the Americans, there's an American site that goes into very great details on how they use it and how they use it. For so when they say we need more blimp stamps, so we need one and four speed. We don't know how to use the blimp properly. <laughs> so in, but, but what you're saying that we need lots of blimps then? One and four well, speed, one and what, what I did find interesting was, was one, one evening when, when the blimp was passing. I mean, the blimp's noisy. Well, yes, that's what I meant. At night, what, what is interesting is you can hear it, but it's a lot harder to see. It, it is. Because they turn the lights off. Yes, that's right. <laughs> if, they, if they turn the moving sign back on that says 50% off at Macy's this weekend, you'll see it. Right, but the, the, the point I'm making is that if they were to actually get in, get to go, get going faster than they could coast to where they needed to go, it would be pretty hard to spot them. I mean, my, like well, I said, yeah, like I said I mean, my point is, again, the blimp is meant for interdiction. The blimp should be pretty much more or less in one specific area, yeah, not on, on yeah. not on making a whole bunch of noise and with a radar working to monitor a certain area. It's not supposed to be chasing anything. Yeah, well, I mean, I don't think anybody... I hope they don't think blimp is, a, is like a fast attack craft. I think we're running on helium, not hydrogen, right? <laughs> I think, I think he's in. Actually, I think hydrogen is. The name is not Kinderberg, right? Or anything. I actually like think to, to take us back to the yeah. important part of yes. the carnival. <laughs> I heard that the prime minister declared that the grandstand was to be torn down. Now, unfortunately, my cynicism says that it will be torn down and left asunder for several years while they then decide what to do. No, they How, said he, he however, said he was going to put up what is? a home for the arts. No, yeah, a home for the arts. It's the usual story. But, but, a home but, for the arts that hasn't come yet. Exactly. But according to the newspapers this week, and of course it's always going to be subject to change, apparently the Carnival Commission has kicked around the idea of charging large Carnival bands a bond Right. which will be possibly held from them if they contravene any of the rules regarding crossing the stage. Yeah. The amount of the bond exceeds the prize money for the band of the year. Yeah. And, yes, 30,000. And potentially, the good that may come out of it is most of our large bands we'll will say, fine, we just won't go to the Savannah, and that would be the best thing that ever happened to Carnival. <laughs> take it back to the streets. This focus on crossing the stage. Yeah, I agree. Which, I agree which is just nonsense now. Well, no, it, but, but yeah, you have to understand some people's whole rationale for buying the expensive costume is to go put it on, jump jump in the thing when it reaches the Safana, prance, prance in front of the camera for yeah. 10 minutes, and then when they're off the stage. Right, and there are bands that cater to that. But on the other hand, there are other bands who say, listen, we have no more time for that. We're going to have fun and have a great day. Let me ask this, uh, it, unless um, my memory is failing entirely, I seem to remember hearing that the person who donated the Savannah to the people of the Trinidad and Tobago had insisted that there should be no permanent buildings erected on that Correct. area. and there are no permanent structures on the Savannah. Except for the Grandstand. Grandstand is temporary. It's yes. been there for a long temporary period, and <laughs> it's coming to an end. <laughs> Question next. Well, isn't that... What's your point? But the point I was making was that where, where the um, Prime Minister said something about uh, putting a home for the arts. Is and it going to be there? it will also be temporary. I see. Thank you for the building was temporary too. As are most exactly. buildings in Trinidad. <laughs> temporary. The principal, well, actually, <laughs> the the was, it, was it technically on the Savannah itself or was no. it no. next to the Savannah? It was across the road. Right. It may have been part of the Savannah estate. Do you know who the person was who donated? 
that would have been I forget <laughs> I do know the name their name still exists on the cemetery which is in the center of Savannah because one of the conditions was not only no there were three conditions I'm aware of no permanent structure no fence and, and, and the cemetery had to remain is it Pechier? okay this, um, this is going to sound like a a bad question for me to ask, where is the cemetery? I in the middle of Swallow. In the middle, there's a, there's a, right a middle. low wall under a tree, and there's a oh, cemetery okay. in it. It's, it's, it's not a big cemetery. It's not, it's not a not big cemetery, and it's not something that they make a huge issue of, but it's there. The, this week's podcast has been brought to you by Know Your Country Tours. <laughs> <laughs> Indeed. Can we wrap up? Uh, yeah, I think um, we've covered everything. Um, yeah. Maybe in a couple of years, one of us will get an Intel Mac and we'll be able to talk about it. Intel Mac. Let me see what else I've been writing. Uh, well, but I know you were, maybe, maybe you can mention another podcast, but you went to CES and. Yeah, I did. Your, your impressions. A well, great event. Yeah, it was a good event. Uh, I mean, it's huge. The size is. I mean, it's hard to describe, but it's. it's when they say it's the largest consumer electronics they didn't like. thing in the world, they didn't like. <laughs> because it is literally... How big is, how big is the building? Is the building... No buildings. How big oh. are the buildings? What, 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 what... Okay, for someone like me who doesn't know what areas do they cover, you're talking about something the size of the savannah, or you're talking something... Yeah, you're talking the size of the savannah a few times. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Um... Because you have basically four locations. Right. Uh, four main locations. You have the Sands Expo. You have Las Vegas Convention Center. You have the Las Vegas Hilton. And you have mm-hmm. Alexis Park. Each one of these ha- has their uh, different sections. So, like, the Sands would have all the innovators that won the Innovation Awards. Um, you have, like, uh, uh, I think La- the Convention Center had the big players like Sony and... Um, Google and, and that type of thing. Um, you had uh, a park for international, all the Chinese and Asian manufacturers. Um, you had a auto expo for all the automotive stuff. You have like XM Radio was big there in the automotive part of it. And there are a lot of smaller um, specific, yeah, well there's smaller specific, like there's USB pavilion for all USB stuff. Right. There's... Um, there's a wireless pavilion for wireless stuff. And it's, it's all over the place. I mean, once you enter Las Vegas for that weekend, mm-hmm. it's hard to not notice that it has something going on. Because, I mean, I was there for a day before. Mm-hmm. And the day before you walk in and, you know, you have the Vegas experience and all the, the stuff, that, um, you know, the casinos and that type of thing. But from... From time CS starts, everywhere you see in CS banners, you see in CS on all the taxis, all the buses. I was speaking to one of the bus drivers um, who drives the shuttles. They say they import drivers from all over the U.S. I mean, you have fellows from the furthest reaches of the U.S. coming there to work for that weekend. Is I mean, the logistics are handling something like that. I can't even imagine. Um, but uh, if there was one product at CES or two products at CES that said, wow, that's cool, i got to get me there. Wow, two products at CES, that's cool. That's hard to do. Hard to do? Um, one product that was very cool, it was Netgear, came out with a phone, a Wi-Fi phone, mm-hmm. pure Skype only. So uh-huh. it has Skype software on the phone, 
you walk uh, where is a Wi-Fi phone. That, this is Wi-Fi hotspot. Yeah. And if you had a Wi-Fi hotspot, if you have Skype in and Skype out, basically you have your own phone number. You receive your calls and you call anywhere you want using your Skype account. Very good. And it's, all the software is on the phone. No need for so a PC. Not, so you know, there's no PC involved at all? Ah, no see. PC involved at all. Which means that the phone is just basically using this protocol. Yeah, the, skip, the phone has Skype on, on right, the phone. But it's not, it's not software Skype, it's something it, that's yeah, it's, to the SIP protocol. It's, well, software it's Skype. software Skype um, embedded on the phone. Okay, right. It's an embedded so. Skype. There's, there's I suppose it's from uh, Yeah, it's, it's a firmware thing. But, I mean, Skype was everywhere. Oh. You, you find Skype and they were giving, Intel was giving away packs with Skype software and headsets when you, when you walked into um, the convention center. So, it, you Skype. took your laptop with you? Or? And no, I didn't take my laptop. Oh, okay. Yeah, so you didn't have a chance to see what no, Wi-Fi networks and... Well, I had the PSP, which had a, oh, has a so Wi-Fi scanner. So right. there's Wi-Fi all over the place in Las Vegas. Um, all the hotels have it. Some you have to pay for, but there are a lot of them that you don't. Mm-hmm. Um, at CES, there's free Wi-Fi, uh, I think provided by Sprint. Um, plus, in addition to that, there are a lot of... Uh, public kiosks outside okay, um, for with computers and so on yeah with computers uh, internet, so you can get internet access there's a CS concierge um, so you can go in there and like Intel has a spa so you can sit on <laughs> and, and, and you know at a spa there's a there was a bar where you could see sports and all the drinks and that type of thing right. AOL had machines up so you could surf the web and that type of thing Vonage had phone boots all over the place where you could anywhere for free um, so you know there was a lot of that going on a lot of free music given away <laughs> which was interesting not by Sony though yeah Sony Sony gave me Can I, was, was, was I got 10 songs from I got 10 songs from Sony was the music um, encrypted in any way or was it um not anymore but in its original form no it, it basically you download um, the music is so they gave you a coupon for download uh, yeah, will coupon be given CDs of music no well actually Nokia gave me CDs yeah. a CD of music but other than that is downloads they basically give you you know this coupon with this number is good what, for 10 what so. music was on the Nokia CD was it all finished or uh? <laughs> no actually it was it was like so Paul and and, and it's basically current current music. Is a current sample like what you took video footage or you have still photos? I have still photos. I have a Flickr account up. Okay, so what we can do is post the URL to the Flickr alternate remote sun. A lot of interesting stuff in terms of like wireless speakers are big. You have HD, there's a I mean, the line between HD, DVD, and Blu-ray, you see, yeah. the, you see basically the, where, the pattern of the ways when somebody say, all right, we support an HD, DVD, and this set say, all right, we support the Blu-ray. Mm-hmm. And you have, you know, Sony on this side playing their movies, and um, HD on this side playing their movies. And, you know, basically it's, you, it's clear, you, time to pick a side. <laughs> you know what I mean? And... <laughs> Is a, I mean that that was a clear thing there, and everybody, everybody have mobile media players now. That is, is no longer the niche. Yeah, it's the no niche. longer iPod and everybody. Yeah, else. this year, every man and his dog will have 
Oh yeah, <laughs> and, the, and the um, the rocker, the rocker, the rocker, version one of the rocker apparently is officially yeah, dead. Version one of the rocker is gone, but they they have a uh, the razors are big for some reason. Yeah, that's uh-huh. that's huge. People with small hands. Yeah, and um, so well, you, so you're gonna upload another save like a account? Yeah, all I, right, I right. have all the pictures. Cool. All right, we'll put that in our show notes. And um, you can uh, see. Well, Mike, are you were you excited about? Well, they had Mac, uh, was it Macworld? Oh dear. Macworld was in Mac Expo. Macworld. Macworld Mac Expo. Oh, the Macworld Expo, yeah. Macworld um, Expo. Okay, yeah. <laughs> I take it you're referring to the, the announcement of the, the first laptop, with Intel, Mac laptop yes. with an Intel chip. Yep, and, uh, so you, well, when, when, first when, when, iMac when, with an Intel chip. When um, are you going to get it? Cut the chip. It will be at least 24 months before I consider that. Um... The, the, this laptop's about a, a year old now, so so maybe in about 12 months or so I'll consider that. At the moment, most of the apps are still written for the PowerPC and the written PowerPC code. So if you're going to run those on an Intel chip, it, they're going to have to go through emulation. So you're going to probably lose well, but, but the but speed that you gain by, by running on those chips. A lot of people from various podcasts and reports who have done hands-on testing you know, they were saying that hey, you know, this it really seems faster. Yes, if if you if you run with with Apple's software that's been written for the chip, probably it will. No, but you were saying even emulating for the even even apparently even for the emulation, emulation. this stuff, even with the Paris emulation, some going on when the the OSX bill got leaked. Mm. For x86 got leaked. They said even on the low end devs, mm-hmm. it was noticeably faster in terms of booting up and using. Well, than faster than Windows. No, faster than <laughs> actually faster than so the Mac. Like this even faster than the Mac on the Mac. I mean, we, when we had a look at that parrot build, right? Well, but ago, don't forget that was missing quite some, quite a few components. It was, it was missing some components, but for what we saw, it was working and was working pretty fast. Even Richard yeah, apparently ran some things, and he said even he and said it ran pretty quickly. But um, but sorry, just to say, but you know, Photoshop apparently was running. You know, it's according to um, was it this week in tech uh, podcast? You know, Leo was saying it felt noticeably, noticeably faster running Photoshop, running Word. Well, well, I guess Word is not a great example, but actually it is. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's, a, Word Word is it's a very thick, heavy application. You, you try you try uh-huh. run. Launching Trust Word, me. it takes a while. Oh, okay. so the, problem, I mean, the problem with Word is that actually I think. From probably between there was a version probably from 4.1 to 5.1. There was one particular version where it was wood was fast before, and after the, the version change, it got slow and clunky. Okay, it got really slow, yeah, really clunky. Um, I mean, uh, opening a opening a, a Word document in Word takes nearly as long as it does to launch Neo Office, uh-huh. which which is a whole suite of, of programs being launched at the same time. Um, and your office isn't the fa- and that and all isn't the fastest application in the world. Yeah, no. exactly. So, okay, so, so I mean, uh, right now I think I'll, I'll wait until more. But you e- even with the emulation, I think I'll still wait for the applications to be rewritten in in the Intel code. Um, one of the other things that I find a bit worrisome is that uh, there is talk about the possibility of somewhere down the line being able to run programs that were written for Windows. Natively, without having to do, without having to run uh, uh, well, emulator. Well, that's probably that's probably uh-huh. an offshoot of wine work, actually. Yeah, well, uh, I mean, because, because I mean, if, 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 if you so. get if you get the guys that work on um, 
the guys, for example, that work a crossover office. Okay, but then... I mean, basically, their stock and trade is taking Windows applications and running them in Linux without an underlying OS. Okay, voice. now, the problem oh. I have with that is that all of a sudden now, uh, the, Mac, the Mac OS is going to be just as vulnerable as Windows because somebody can write a worm for it, and if it, if it executes no, in you, Windows... You write, you write a worm, well, yeah, that, that is an issue. Where you guys oh. would have to work is, is in the sandboxing of the, the, emulate, the emulated Windows stuff. But and somehow keep it in a sandbox. Well, hold on. It could be like you could use VMware. I'd imagine the VMware version of. Ah, but the whole the whole point is to, is to try and be able to run Windows applications without sandboxing or without. Well, okay. But yeah. I mean, well, and I know the wine on Windows machine. I mean, no. Yeah. And that's you see, wine code is not actually wine code is not good enough to run Windows. Yeah. Yeah. And it's also, it's, it's 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 actually <laughs> in beta now. Good so. enough to run worms. <laughs> no, that, no, I mean that, that, that's a test. If it can run virus, if it can run viruses, it's ready for the big time. As contradictory <laughs> as it seems, the fact that it can it runs viruses, no. I mean, the viruses can't do anything because they can't get out of effect. It can only affect the Windows applications and can't really do anything to Linux applications. But the fact that a guy was actually getting, hey, what is this? It has a virus code. <laughs> and you, know, you just disabled the port that we were trying to use so it couldn't do anything but the fact that the virus code was actually running was a, was a sign that the code was actually functional on some basic level and if you go on the crossover site code, if you go on code weaver site and they, they will tell you in very great detail what runs and what doesn't run you know so things like Word will run well Excel will run well PowerPoint will run okay access if be for the shop okay you know and and unlike certain other companies that we won't name <laughs> they tend to be very non marketing in their speak if they say something is not going to run well it will not run well and in fact they tend to understand to what, what the applications can do so they will say something doesn't run properly it may simply be that some videos don't run don't run in it but everything else works so the fonts look funny but the basic functionality yeah, is there. I think the long and the short of it is that I, I'm, I'm not going to be doing beta testing for yeah. Apple. Um, Understood. I, I see. I see what happens with every time. Um, New stuff every, every, every time Microsoft releases code for for users, and um, everybody has to do their beta testing for them, and just about the time that they are they've patched all of the problems, they come up with a whole new product, and we have to start <laughs> from scratch again. Yeah. So I, I I'm not about to do but you, that. But you, but you're not. I mean, it, I mean, it's inevitable. I see. Yeah. I mean, I think. I think sure. And at that point, by the time I'm ready to buy uh, stuff, I'll, I'll I'll have I'll have the, the fixes. fixes. Right. I'll know what to do. You know, Mike sounds like me. Actually, I I I've realized that I tend to upgrade Windows stuff very late in the cycle. Mm-hmm. I mean, because I only started to run 2000 seriously early last early year before last. Still don't have an XP box at home. I may, I may, up, I may upgrade to that later this year. That, that's what I tell you. I, I, I tend to be very late on the window cycles. I usually wait, wait till two service packs. Uh, or, or the third we should have talked about a little bit of Vista, but hmm, I think we're running out of time here on this podcast. Oh, is, is that, is, no, is they that are actually, it's, it's not running out at the end of this year. Oh, XP Home? No, no, no. They, they actually, actually, no, I think people complained. Yeah, so they, they, they extended it. They extended it oh, okay. for more years. Uh, this Vista was the, the OS X clone for, the, for Windows, was it? Yeah, <laughs> I've yeah. used Vista. I mean, I have to say, it's looking a lot like OS X. OS, yeah, OS X. I mean, it, I don't know if it's intentional or what, 
but I can't mention us. It's just oh? the power. Being harmless. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, he's always. Yeah, being harmless. I don't know. Time to wrap up. Well, for, uh, thanks for listening. And if you have any questions, comments, we welcome feedback on flames. Huh? Flames. 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 Sure. Why not? <laughs> <laughs> Why not? <laughs> Do your worst. Um, but if you have any questions, comments, um, we will welcome feedback. Uh, you can send it to, to admin at ttcsweb.org. And you can visit our podcast page at www.ttcsweb.org slash podcast. See you next time.